Hello and welcome to episode 137 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. I'm one of the co-founders here at ETR. I'm the father of the most beautiful beast in the world, Jerry, and it is Thanksgiving week. Yes, that's right. This is the time we get together with all the people who hate each other while having our dick on the line in a three-game slate, incredibly distracted. And we celebrate, you know, the feast we had with Native Americans before we committed mass genocide and took their land. And the only way to celebrate this, this fantastic occasion, of course, is by taking the carcass of a bird, you know, the full bird carcass, shoving some bread up its asshole and putting it in the center of the table. Oh, the joy of Thanksgiving. I would say the best thing, the only good thing about Thanksgiving, you know, other than the shrimp lo mein I'll get, of course, is this three-game slate with no overlapping games. Really is a great slate. We will have our core content ready for Thursday's slate on the site as always. But as part of our big Black Friday special going on, we have a bunch of free shows on YouTube. I will be with Silva and Wiggins twice on YouTube, once talking DFS, once talking some Evan Walters betting stuff. Drew and Leone are doing a special GPP-focused show on YouTube as well for the Thanksgiving slate. And then we'll all have all our normal content for Sunday's main slate as well. Most importantly, though, for subscribers, our first ever merch is live. We are selling it literally at cost, the cheapest that this merch company will let us sell it for. Head to the site for the link there. No hashtag team sex shirts, unfortunately, corporate. Uh, stamp that out. No motherfucking Mackie Award shirts yet, but maybe soon. You know, for now, some ETR hoodies, run the damn ball stuff. Hope you guys enjoy it. We did run out, and it's not us, like this company that we used or whatever. They, they like weren't prepared for the demand for ETR hoodies. And so they're like backed up now that you can only get mediums and smalls of the hoodies. Apologize for that. They're trying to rectify the situation. Other part of Black Friday, of course, is the sale. As for people who have not subscribed yet, we are running our biggest sale ever. A weekly pass, which is normally $23, is $5. A monthly pass, normally $65, is $40. And the rest of season, the last six weeks plus all the playoff weeks through the Super Bowl, is only $100. You can find the promo codes for these Black Friday deals, these cyber deals, if you will, on the site, on the subscribe page. Anyway. Week 11, last week, main slate was actually a fun one, I thought, because nothing was clear cut. Thought it really freed up people to be creative, to go with some IKB, some I know better stuff. And I did just that. You know, my biggest take was that Duke Johnson was actually a bad play despite the volume. And so was Gio. And so was Adrian Peterson. And I had the take that although Salvan Ahmed wasn't used as a pass catcher in his first couple NFL games, so it was tough to project him for that, I thought that that passing usage was a bit fluky. And he did have a pass catching role. And also that Kalen Balaj, you know, despite fantasy Twitter and draft Twitter, you know, making fun of him and saying how hashtag bad he is. You know, I, I also had the take that he has a real pass catching plus goal line role on the team that was the favorite to score the most, most touchdowns on the slate. You know, it doesn't really matter how bad he is. And then a wide receiver, I went off the board a little bit as well. I thought Brandon Cooks was actually really thin in this matchup against the Patriots. So I was willing to get weird with Amari Cooper, with Tyler Boyd. I even considered punting with Michael Gallup. I know a lot of people punted that spot with Denzel Mims in cash. You know, not something I wanted to do, but I get it. I don't want to get too micro here. Uh, my point is that in slates like this, where so many players at all the positions are grouped so closely together in terms of quality of plays and have fragile projections relative to price, I'm willing to take shots on upside. You know, just one or two guys going for 20 or 30 points can be enough. Speaking of that, uh, you know, of course, most 
mid to high price wide receivers are going to have higher 75th percentile outcomes than running backs. So, you know, to me, there's absolutely nothing wrong with playing four wide receivers on DraftKings in cash these days. And there's especially nothing wrong. There's never been with playing four wide receivers in tournaments on DraftKings. On FanDuel in cash with only half PPR and no bonuses, no 100-yard bonuses, it's so touchdown heavy on FanDuel that I think not playing three running backs in cash on FanDuel is typically bad. Like I played Dalvin, Balaj, and Antonio Gibson on FanDuel this week. Didn't really consider Antonio Gibson on DraftKings because of J.D. McKissick stealing so much of the of the passing work. But on DraftKings, I mean, trying to squeeze, you know, three like zero air yard targets and 15 carries, you know, into the back of his offensive lineman from Duke Johnson or taking a shot on Deontay Johnson or Amari or Boyd or whatever in that mid 5K range. I mean, you just can't compare the ceilings there. One other thing I wanted to mention is that in a week like week 11, where we have so many plays clumped together and so many plays are fragile, ownership projections are also going to be fragile. And, you know, I was floored buy some stuff. Alvin Kamara was the one that floored me the most. 22% owned at 9,200 with Taysom Hill starting. I just couldn't believe it. Like we know Kamara shares rushing work with Latavius Murray. We know he shares goal line work with Latavius Murray. The reason he's been so dominant in fantasy is because he also gets on top of all that eight to 10 targets a game from Drew Brees, from noodle arm Drew Brees with this absurdly high catch rate. Like literally Drew Brees' first read is Alvin Kamara on a lot of pass plays. And that's just not the case with most running backs. But with Taysom, I mean, anyone who has watched Taysom play should have known that Kamara's receiving work was just dust. So man, 22%, you know, that was crazy. I was also surprised some other things like Logan Thomas came in at 20%. That surprised me. But I think people are taking the punt tight end thing to heart. Mike Davis, 19% at his price surprised me a little bit. Not that it was bad. I was just surprised that people were willing to go there after they only paid 4K last week. Aaron Jones, only 6% in the Millie Maker really surprised me. You know, it's just tougher to figure out what people are going to do when we have these kind of slates, which make which makes it a pretty good one, I think. Anyway, for tournaments, your humble GPP bro, your humble tournament bro, or I guess wannabe tournament bro, aka me, ran into a good team, uh, only made three teams. Best one was Herbert, Keenan, Big Mike Williams, Perriman stack. You know, pretty clearly, I thought one of the best stacks on the slate I know a lot of people play Mim. Some people play Crowder. I wanted Perriman for the Flacco Perriman shower narrative, their time together in Baltimore. And then Thielen for, I used Thielen for max leverage off highly owned Dalvin and highly owned Justin Jefferson. And then just trying to avoid the running back landmines, you know, going for ceiling with Aaron Jones and just straight the cheapest feature back in Savan Ahmed. Underpriced Mark Andrews, you know, easy game, 185 points. Shout out to me. I mean, God. They're, they're really tempting me. Like the tournament bros are really tempting me now. Like I was really close to losing a lot in cash again. I needed those last two Devonte Adams catches to end up having a really good week in cash. But before those last two Devonte Adams catches, one with like a minute left and one in overtime, I was like, God, you know, maybe it's really time. Maybe it's really time to go full blown tournament bro where, where nothing matters, you know, eat Arby's. Well, I, I lost every cent this week, but I still played well. You know, what can I do? You know, the best plays did it again, you know. Tempting, man. Okay, before we get to today's listener questions, wanted to remind everyone that we do have a sponsor for this podcast. Yes, this podcast is brought to you by the good people at Underdog Fantasy. If you want some background on them, I'd really recommend going back, listen to episode 82. I, I did an interview with their founder, Jeremy Levine. The concept that I think they're running right now that I think is most interesting is called Battle Royale. It's a combination of DFS 
and best ball. Really simple. You just draft six players in a snake draft, but it's a GPP style tournament just for one week. So you have really interesting strategy. You know, you're not going to get really deep into the player pool, but I do think you need to be stacking. I do think you need to find some off the board plays that have a reasonable chance of a spike week, much like regular DFS. You can't just play the optimal or draft the optimal and expect to win a large field tournament. You can get in for just $5. First place is 4000 After you deposit, mention on the pop-up you heard about Underdog on ETR, and you'll be eligible for some ETR swag. Right now, it's subscriber only, but we'll be opening it up soon to others. Again, underdogfantasy.com, and make sure to enter promo code ETR after you make a deposit. Okay, enough is enough. It is time for everyone's favorite portion of the program. Producer Luke, hit the theme music. Right, got a bunch of good ones, a bunch of Thanksgiving theme ones. Appreciate the questions. As always, going to do six today. Question one from Greg. For Thanksgiving, do you make your own shrimp lo mein or do you get takeout? No, come come on, Greg. You know, of course we're doing takeout. My friends at Dan Dan, you know, they, they know me. Uh, oh, there's the psychopath who comes in here every Thanksgiving night, you know, tilting his face off and, and wanting shrimp lo mein. You know, it, it's like the, the curb where uh, the sushi place knows Larry, you know, chicken teriyaki boy. Uh, the thing is, I know everyone thinks this is like a crazy take. It's really not. And and I know I've seen, you know, I started talking about this, I don't know, five years ago, six years ago on this podcast. I've seen so many people with this take lately. And not that they copied me. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the case. I think that they are just like being more honest and being more realistic. Um, they're late, you know, of course, but that's okay. The The thing is like, do you normally order turkey and gravy and cranberry sauce? and green bean casserole at a restaurant? Of course not. You know why you don't? Because it's not even on the fucking menu. You know why it's not on the menu? Because no one wants it. But you know what people do want? They want shrimp lo mein, man. I can walk out of my house and find at least five restaurants, maybe 10, thriving. Well, uh, you know, before COVID, they were thriving, absolutely crushing with shrimp lo mein on the menu. So, I mean, it's just a, it's just a market-driven thing. It's obvious. Question two from Marcy Sweeney. Do your kids enjoy watching or playing sports? My husband and I love them, and I hope our twin boys do as well. You know, I wasn't going to answer this question at, at first, and then I realized it was from a woman, you know, a, a female, and, and I felt a couple things. You know, first, shock, of course. Like, any interaction I have with a female is a shock, but, but like, I know that the data on my Twitter and on ETR, you know, for whatever reason, like, hardcore DFS just doesn't appeal to a lot of women, like even less women, I think in DFS than poker, I think. And I'm really not exactly sure why. I did a podcast a while back with Nicole Valencia. I mean, she's super sharp DFS player. And I know a few other women players, but but certainly not enough. So anyways, yeah, I'm just like shocked that Marcy listens to the show. And the second feeling I had when I realized that a woman is listening, is just utter embarrassment, you know, humiliation. Like I started immediately running through my head, all the things I've said on here about, you know, POE, pumps over expectation and ADOP, you know, average depth of penetration and launch angles. I mean, it's just embarrassing. But anyway, back to the question. Yeah, so my, my sons are almost six and almost three. They definitely love playing sports. I, I think they watch or or fake enjoying watching sports because they know that that I watch. And lately, I've been watching a lot of golf and and they pretend they're into that, but they're probably not. 
I think they like Red Zone Channel on Sundays because there's always action. But yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I could not care. It would be impossible for me to care less if they like to watch sports. Like I don't even really like to watch sports or watch sports very much. You know, I don't want to give my take on on fandom today, but if they never root for a team in their life, like that's totally cool with me. But playing, you know, actually playing sports, I mean, there are so many benefits. Uh, exercise, being outside, being off of a screen, actually doing something instead of watching someone else do something, you know, learning how to win with class, learning how to lose with class, how to be part of a team, how to lead. I, I think it's actually pretty important for kids to play sports, but they have to like it, you know, so you have to make it fun too. And, and you know, it's not always easy. But yeah, good luck to you, Marcy. Good, good luck with the, with the twins. Thanks for listening. Question three from Jerry. What is the best Thanksgiving dish to incorporate during fornication? Yeah, so there's the famous Seinfeld where uh, George eats a pastrami sandwich during intercourse. And then he goes for the trifecta. You know, he eats pastrami, he watches TV, and he has intercourse all simultaneously. I mean, it's so good. Um, as for incorporating Thanksgiving food into fornication, I think I'm out on that. I will say this, though. One of the funniest bits on Stern over the last, um, I don't know, 10 years is Ronnie the Limo Driver's sex tips. And so for those, for those of you who don't know, Ronnie is like this ultra horned up 75-year-old, like beyond horned up. And he comes in and he gives these wildly outrageous sex tips for the holidays. You know, he has Mother's Day sex tips. He has Halloween sex tips. He has Thanksgiving sex tips. You know, if you're sick, and I presume if you're listening to this, you are sick, I suspect that you'll love that bit. You can definitely find them on YouTube. Question four from Max. He says, do you think optimizers negatively impact cash game decisions? Or is it best to IKB, I know better, and be okay with eight to 10 points off the optimal? And then question 4B related to that from Adam. He says, you have said you have had a relatively down year in cash games so far. You used to be on team IKB, but don't talk about that much anymore. Do you think you have become too focused on projections and starting your, started following your own intuition less? Great questions for sure. You know, it's something that I have been thinking about a lot. It's really hard to find the right answer in football because sample sizes are so small and events are so big. In other words, true results are really hard to find when there are so many, you know, one inch away from scoring plays and game flow, weird things happening and penalty and injuries and all kinds of other things. And because of that, median projection is really a directional guide, in my opinion. In other words, if we have Justin Jefferson for 17.5 points and Deontay Johnson for 17.0 points, you know, it's basically the same thing. It's directionally the same. But if the gap is 17.5 versus 14.5, well, that's a serious gap. Like then it's not even a question who we think is the better play. But really the bigger IKB stuff, the really I, bigger I know better stuff to me comes in with range of outcomes. How often does Justin Jefferson get five points versus how often does Deontay Johnson get five points? How often does each one get 35 points? And that's the stuff where I really think I do know better. You know, and maybe that's arrogant, but I really think I do. And maybe I've lost sight of that some this season, maybe. Um, I don't know. To answer Max's question directly, uh, eight to 10 points off optimal, I think is way, way, way too much. You know, that's for sure. And I will say that um, I've been playing my cash team versus our optimal on ETR. And so far this season, the score is 5-5-1. Five, five, I lost this past week by 0 0.9, which was uh, pretty brutal. But, but yeah, I mean, 5-5-1. Five, five, and obviously, there's some bias there because 
I'm contributing to the projections and everything. And, and so they're going to lean more towards teams that I like. Um, but yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I'd be willing to play straight optimizer teams from, you know, anybody pretty much any time. I, I do think that there is some IKB stuff in cash that is important still. And yeah, you know, I don't want to lose sight of it at least. Question five from Coach. He says, I play a lot of the small dollar 20 max GPPs on DraftKings. Some have around a thousand entries while others have tens of thousands of entries. Would you suggest having different sets of lineups considering the top scores often significantly higher in the large fields? And then 5B related from Hunter are double stacks and triple stacks primarily in play in smaller field tournaments. And then in larger field tournaments, are you simply looking for mini correlations and hoping you just get the nuts? Yeah, so both these questions are along the same lines. Field size is incredibly important to consider when making tournament teams, I think. Maybe the most important thing. And I think there's a bit of counterintuitiveness here. In small field stuff, say, you know, 100 people to 500 people, we don't have to hit the nuts. So zoom out and think about what that means. When you double stack, aka use a quarterback with two of his pass catchers, the most likely outcome of things go well is one of the pass catchers blows up or has a really good game. And the other one is just, you know, solid. Is that enough to win the Millie Maker or some other large field lotto? No, we need the stone nuts in every single spot in our lineup to win that. We can't have a mere solid spot. So double and triple stacking is actually more viable in smaller fields, I think. Now doubles, double stacks can work in large fields in these super outlier scenarios, you know, where, uh, you know, Tom Brady throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns, and all that work is concentrated to only two pass catchers that you have, or most of it. And, and that's so, so hard to nail and what makes the lottos so tough. So yeah, I, I do think, you know, doubles make sense. Double stacks make sense in small field. And in the ultra, ultra large field stuff, if you're actually going for first place, I think doubles make sense too. You just have to realize it's like a, I don't know, 0.1% outcome where you land on the correct double and they have the outlier quarterback game and it's concentrated to both of them so cleanly. But yeah, it's a better question for Drew and Leone and those guys. You can send it to them. They can talk about it on the Saturday show, I'm sure. All right, question six. Last question we're going to do here today from Mitch. In the modern classic skin to fur, you discuss the horrendous Thanksgiving tradition of stuffing bread shrapnel up the anus of a bird carcass and pretending not to be disgusted. How do I tell my mom that I would rather grill some burgers this year? Yeah, you know what, Mitch? I'm, I'm a beaten man. You know, I, I've given up. It's just not a battle worth fighting. Like religion and politics and fandom of pro sports teams, people are just too set in their ways. They're brainwashed from birth to think that, you know, the whole bird carcass is something special. So look, if you want a burger, you either got to bring it yourself to the gathering or go get it after. It just is what, it, is what it is. All right. That is going to do it for a very uplifting Thanksgiving show. I'm sure I brought a lot of positivity to your Thanksgiving week. You can thank me later for that. Be sure to head to EstablishTheRun.com. We really did put a lot of thought and effort into our Black Friday week sale, the extra shows, the subscriber-only merch. Check it all out. Hope you all have a great Thanksgiving. More importantly, you do well on the three-game slate. For Producer Luke. For Jerry. I am Adam. Good luck everybody.